welcome to the Petty Prophet Podcast, where we talk about culture, news, entertainment, family, philosophy, life, pretty much anything from a Christian worldview. I am your host, Joel Berry, and I'm glad you are with us here today. I took a week off, and uh, it was much needed. I appreciate your patience. I, I had a lot of catching up to do after some bouts with uh, sickness in the family and uh, just a lot going on elsewhere. Um, but we are back. Glad to be back. So I have a few thoughts to share with you today. I hope you enjoy. But before we get into it, just want to remind you, if you haven't yet, you can check us out on our website, www.thepettyprofit.com. You can find satire, op-ed, and uh, other podcast episodes there. You can also find us on our Facebook page. And if you like the content, if you like what we put out, uh, don't forget to go on to iTunes, leave us a good review. We really do appreciate it. So um, just quickly today, have a few thoughts. And, and this is coming on the heels of a recent appearance. Um, I, I was a guest on a secular humanist podcast called The Graceful Atheist. And it was a great experience. I, I really enjoyed it. It was my first time as a guest on another podcast, and that was a that was cool. I really enjoyed that part of it, and uh, I'm I'm also really happy to be able to say that my first guest experience was on the podcast of a secular humanist. You know, that's that's part of the spirit of what I want to just be about with the Petty Prophet. You know, I I want to create content that people on the other side can interact with. I want to interact with people who don't think the way I do because that's always more interesting. So it was a good experience. I will link to that episode in the show notes if you want to check it out. But uh, David, the host, uh, he was incredibly gracious. Uh, he was enjoyable to talk to. Even as we engaged in some gentle back and forth, you know, as uh, as an atheist and a Christian might do in a long form discussion, but a theme started to emerge as we talked in this podcast. And in spite of uh, some radically different beliefs, we did have one extremely important value in common, and that was that we agreed that loving and serving other human beings is important. That's a good value to have in common, right? You know, we may vary on the justification for that moral claim, and we may vary on what loving and serving may look like in different contexts, but we both hold to the core moral claim that we should love our neighbor, that we should love each other, that serving and loving other human beings is important. For me, that moral claim comes from a creator, who embodies moral order and who made man in his image. But for David and, and people who see the world the way David does, that morality may come from behaviors that emerged through an unguided process called Darwinism or from somewhere else. But if we share what essentially appears to be the same morality, the same end goal, does it really matter where that morality comes from? Do the justifications for that morality really matter? Why can't we just go about our mission of caring for others and stop wasting our time with the reasons? As long as our end game is the same, why bother ourselves with our starting points? Uh, David expressed some of these sentiments in 
uh, a tweet uh, that he tweeted out after the podcast episode aired. And um, I'll I'll quote it here. I did uh, reach out to him and ask him permission to respond to this before recording this episode. Um, But um, this is what he said. He said, "Uh, Christians, I find this whole argument a waste of time. If you care about people as a believer, and I care about people as a secular humanist, let's get on with caring about people and stop arguing about our justifications for caring about people. That's, I mean, that sounds like a, a reasonable thing to think. And I want to represent David's views fairly. I, you know, I obviously, I don't want to straw man him. Um, you know, so I, I'm kind of just thinking about the point he's making. And, you know, if, if you think of it like, uh, you know, two people that have to climb into a car to drive to the store to pick up some groceries, you know, imagine those two people are about to get into the car and they have an argument about where the car came from and who made the car and the manufacturing process that resulted in the car being there when what they really need to do is just climb in the car and go to the store. That's that's what they're there to do. You know, why waste their time arguing about where the car came from, right? Hopefully that accurately kind of describes that mindset. Hopefully I've represented that fairly. And David, if you're listening and, and that's not please do feel free to respond and I'll make sure to to correct it in subsequent episodes of the podcast. But, you know, David made that point. It's a fair point. And it got me thinking, you know, I, I wanted to have an answer to that. Um, and so I thought for a while and, and I'd like to share some of these thoughts that I've had with you. Now, my intention is not to engage in debate or try to invalidate the other side, uh, invalidate the other position. Um, One thing I'm not going to do in this podcast is try to prove where morality comes from. I'm not going to try to show that morality comes from God or disprove the idea that morality came through a natural unguided process. I'm only going to try to explain why I feel like the question of where morality comes from is not a trivial one that it's an important one that we should think about, and not just for reasons of debate. So what follows are my (laughs) very unsophisticated thoughts about the gift of goodness and human connection, or the gift of the moral law that we all benefit from that tells us that we should treat other human beings with kindness and respect. So I have two thoughts here, one kind of a positive thought and one kind of a negative thought. Uh, The first one is the positive, and that is that goodness and human connection are gifts. The moral law that tells us how to treat other people, it's a gift. And we know it's a gift because if we did not have that, I think our lives would be pretty harrowing because we can look at other creatures on this earth that do not enjoy the benefits of that gift, you know, animals who will hunt and eat and kill each other without a second thought. But we humans have something else going on. We have this inward sense of morality, regardless of where it comes from. It is a gift. And the first reason why I think it's important to know the source of that gift is that simply life is more full when We aren't satisfied with just enjoying the gift, but also seek to know the giver. 
we see examples of this all the time. You know, bloggers and podcasters, they have memberships and Patreons that allow fans to get to know the creators better. You know, musicians and artists, you know, fans of Taylor Swift's music aren't satisfied to just enjoy her tunes. They watch her in interviews. They go to the movies to see her documentary. And they do this all to get to know the creator of the art they love so much. Their relationship with the creator enhances their appreciation of the art. You can go to a museum and simply enjoy a Monet or a Rembrandt painting without even knowing the name of the painter, but your enjoyment and appreciation of the work is made more full by studying the man and the mind who produced it. Imagine you walk out on your doorstep one sunny morning and you find a gift sitting there with your name on it. Maybe it's a book you've always wanted to read or a basket of your favorite foods. Imagine imagine you walked out the next day to find another gift. And then again and again, day after day for weeks, you walk out on your porch and there's a gift with your name on it sitting there for you. You could, of course, just grab the box and every morning enjoy its contents without giving it another thought, but most of us don't operate like that, do we? Wouldn't you burn with curiosity to know who this anonymous gift giver is? Wouldn't you seek to find out who it is so that you could thank them? Now, imagine for a moment this gift is not something small like a book or a trinket or a snack. Imagine you were stricken with a terminal heart defect and needed a new heart. What if someone gave you his heart at the cost of his own life? What if you were on trial and condemned to death only to find that an anonymous substitute had volunteered his life to take your place? Would you simply say, cool, and shrug it off and move on with your life? No, I, I think most of us... <laughs> would move heaven and earth to find the person who had given us his life so that we could thank them. Human beings aren't meant to simply enjoy the gift of goodness and human connection. We aren't meant to simply serve others altruistically for its own sake. We are joy-seeking creatures. We are meant to seek out and enjoy the giver of all the grace we experience and employ. That is where the fullest joy comes from. I love the words of Jesus in John 15 when he was talking to his disciples. He said this, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And then he goes on to say, this is my command, love one another as I have loved you. That, that core morality that David and I both agree on, the idea of loving one another. But then he says this, you are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant does not know what his master is doing. Instead, I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. We could just choose the path of blind obedience to a moral law, regardless of where it comes from. But Jesus says here that he offers us so much more than that. He offers us friendship, not, not a master-servant relationship, but a friend-to-friend relationship. 
that we may know the giver of these commands. We can seek to understand why he gives them, where they come from. And Jesus says here that when we do that, our joy will be full. I think there's a lot to that. Just as our appreciation for the art is made full by understanding the artist and knowing the artist, our appreciation for the gift of morality is made full, our joy is made full through a friendship with the giver of it all. There's a second reason why I feel that knowing the source of our morals is essential. And this is kind of more the negative reason. And the reason is this, I believe it's impossible to truly arrive at the same end point without having the same starting point. Many secular humanists and universalists even have this image of a truth that kind of sits atop a hill and there are many paths up that hill and what really matters is that you arrive at that truth. But Christianity tells a different narrative. Christianity tells a narrative of different paths with completely different starting points and completely different ending points. And I think that image is a much better description of reality, and I'll tell you why. You see, it it may be easy for me and a secular humanist to assume some sort of self-evident consensus based on morality because our culture is so steeped in a 2,000-year-old Judeo-Christian ethic. We take it for granted. But I think that there's already evidence that that consensus is already cracking. We're, we're seeing it every day now. One stark example that I thought of is the ongoing custody battle for a boy named James Younger in Texas. And if you're not familiar with the case, uh, James Younger is a seven-year-old boy whose mother, Anne Georgilis, uh, claims that he's really a transgender girl. But James's father, who is divorced from his mother, uh, claims this to be false, that James uh, is a boy, that he lives as a boy and acts like a boy and should be allowed to live as his biological gender. Now, this is interesting because both parents are seeking to do what they feel is best for their son. Both parents are trying to do good for their son. Both parents, it would seem, are pursuing this moral law that secular humanists and Christians seem to agree on. But their worldviews, their starting points, mean that they have very different ideas on what the good actually is. In this situation, it's no longer sufficient to accept that we should love others when we have two versions of what love means. We have two goods here. We have two goods. One quote-unquote good will result in a happy, healthy life for James. The other, quote-unquote, good will result in abuse and maybe permanent damage. But which is it? Which one of these goods is really good? Well, it depends on your starting point. And here you have two different parents with two different starting points, and they're ending on two different goods. And it all depends on what you claim is the source for your morality. In James Younger's case, the question is this, are we creatures made in God's image, male and female, like the scriptures tell us, or are we highly evolved meaning makers who get to define what male and female even mean? You start to see in this case that knowing your starting point is essential. You can't do good if you don't know 
what the good is. So these are a couple of my thoughts. Hopefully they weren't too scrambled, but um, they're the thoughts that have been occupying my mind lately. And I, I think the debate over the justification for morality is not a trivial academic one for these two reasons that I gave. First, that our joy can't be full without a relationship with the divine source. And secondly, that our morality can't be sure unless we know that it proceeds from that divine source. So again, hopefully that's been clear enough. Sometimes thoughts seem uh, very plain in my head, but uh, get jumbled as I try to communicate it. So hopefully that didn't happen here. Um, either way, I, uh, I thank David for prompting the thoughts in my head, for prompting this discussion, and uh, I invite him to respond. No animus, uh, no intention to, uh, to go back and forth uh, arguing at all, really just sharing uh, the conclusions I came to as I thought about the point David made. So um, for what it's worth, David, uh, love you. Uh, thanks again for letting me respond to you and uh, to you listeners out there. I love you and I appreciate your support of the podcast. We will see you later this week for a man hug episode. I've been excited to uh, share this upcoming episode with you. I think that you will really enjoy it. We will talk to you later.